Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. We left off on Monday with Saul and his three sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua, dead, killed at the Battle of Mount Gilboa, thus opening the door for David to become king. But as we noted on Monday, how will David re-enter Israel and not be seen as a traitor? After all, he worked for nearly a decade for the Philistines, Israel's arch enemy. Well, David, as we know, worked as a double agent, feeding information to Jonathan, and Jonathan feeding information to David. But it was all covert. It was all under the table. Nobody knew. So many in Israel would view David as a traitor. How can he go back? Well, 2 Samuel chapter 2. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? Judah, David's tribe. Shall I go back into Judah to one of the towns? The Lord said, Go up. That is, Ziklag is south of Judah. Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. Hebron. When we visit Jerusalem and make a visit to Bethlehem, which is about seven kilometers south of Jerusalem itself, really a suburb of Jerusalem today, but uh, at the far southern end of Bethlehem, if you look down the valley, you can see on a clear day Hebron down south. It's a major city in the southern portion of Israel. Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. Nabal, the old fool, remember him? David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and the surrounding towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Now remember, there are 12 tribes. Judah's only one of them. But David goes back to his own tribe, and they recognize him for the hero he is, the magnificent warrior he is, and the great leader he is. But he's only king of one tribe really a tribal warlord. And when David was told it was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who had buried Saul, he sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead to say to them, The Lord bless you for showing this kindness to Saul, your master, by burying him. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now then, be strong and brave. For Saul, your master, is dead, and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. So David reaches out to the men of Jabesh-Gilead. You did a good thing for Saul. And notice he doesn't criticize Saul. He doesn't view Saul as his enemy. But he extends a hand to the men of Jabesh-Gilead. Meanwhile, Abner, son of Ner, 
the commanding general of Saul's army, had taken Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim. He made him king over Gilead, Ashrai, and Jezreel, and also over Ephraim, Benjamin, and all Israel. So Abner, Saul's commanding general, takes the surviving son of Saul, Ishbosheth, and anoints him king over all the other tribes. Now Ishbosheth, son of Saul, was 40 years old when he came, uh, became king over Israel, and he reigned for two years. So David is the tribal warlord of Judah. Ishbosheth is the apparent heir to the throne. Well, the length of time David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Now Abner, son of Ner, together with the men of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, left Mahanaim and went to Gibeon. Joab, son of Zariah, and David's men went out to meet them at the pool of Gibeon. Remember, Joab is David's commanding general. So the two generals go to meet one another. One group sat down on one side of the pool, one group on the other. Then Abner said to Joab, Hey, let's have, let's have a little entertainment here. Let's have some of the young men get up and fight hand to hand in front of us. Let's have a little, a little boxing match, a, a wrestling match, a mixed martial arts match. And Joab said, Great idea, let them do it. We'll see what you're made of and you can see what we're made of. So they stood up, and they were counted off, twelve men for Benjamin and Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and twelve for David. So we're going to have twelve against twelve, a royal rumble. <laughs> and then each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his dagger into his opponent's side, and they fell down together. Now they were going to have a boxing match, a mixed martial arts match. A dagger is a weapon of stealth. And they all had the same thing in mind. Once I get hold of my opponent, I'll draw that dagger from behind my back and gut him. And that's what they did. That place in Gibeon was called Helkath Hazurim. And the battle that day was very fierce because that triggered a fight between Joab and Abner's other men. Abner and the men of Israel were, were defeated by David's men. David had some tough men, 600 mercenaries, but these were really tough guys. I'm not so sure Saul offered that kind of training to his men. Well, the three sons of Zerai were there, Joab, Abishai, and Ashael. Now, Ashiel was fleet-footed as a wild gazelle. He could run really fast. He chased Abner, turning neither to the right nor the left as he pursued him. Abner looked behind and said, Is that you, Ashiel? Yes, it is, he answered. Abner said to him, Turn aside to the right or to the left. Take on one of the young men. Strip him of his weapons. But Ashiel could not stop would not stop chasing him. Joab's trying to shake him, get him off him. Again, Abner warned Ishael, Stop chasing me! Why should I strike you down? How can I look your brother Joab in the face? 
but Asher refused to give up the pursuit. So Abner, running spear in hand, with the head of the spear facing in front of him, Abner suddenly flipped the spear, turning the tip of the spear backward, and he abruptly stopped and ran him through, ran Ashel through with his spear. And the spear came out through his back. He fell there and died on the spot. And every man stopped when he came to the place where Ashel had fallen dead and died. But Joab and Abishai pursued Abner. And as the sun was setting, they came to a, a hill, uh, the hill of Amma near Gia on the way to the wasteland of Gibeon. Then the men of Benjamin rallied behind Abner. They formed themselves into a group and took their stand on top of a hill. Abner called out to Joab, Must the sword devour forever? Don't you realize that this will end in bitterness? How long before you order your men to stop pursuing their brothers? Their brothers, their fellow Israelites. Joab answered, As surely as God lives, if you had not spoken, the men would have continued the pursuit of their brothers until morning. So Joab blew the trumpet, and all the men came to a halt. They no longer pursued Israel, nor did they fight anymore. All that night, Abner and his men marched through the Arba. They crossed the Jordan, continued through the whole, uh, continued through the, uh, the whole Bithron, and came to Maanaim. And then Joab returned from pursuing Abner and assembled all his men. Besides Ashiel, nineteen of David's men were found missing. But David's men had killed 360 Benjaminites who were with Abner. Told you David had some tough mercenaries. They took Ashel, they buried him in his father's tomb at Bethlehem. And then Joab and his men marched all night and arrived at Hebron by daybreak. So a war has started between the house of Saul and the house of David. And that war lasted a long time. David grew stronger and stronger, while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. David is in Hebron for seven and a half years. And while there, sons were born to David in Hebron. His firstborn was Amnon, the son of Ahinoam of Jezreel. The second, Keilab, the son of Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. The third, Absalom, the son of Maacah, daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. Three sons, Amnon, Keilab, and Absalom. They'll recur in our story. The fourth, Adoniah, he'll continue in our story as well, son of Haggith. The fifth, Shephatiah, the son of Abital, and the sixth, Ethraim, the son of David's wife, Eglah. These were born to David in Hebron. So what started between Saul and David continues with the two generals of the army and continues with David's sons who were born in Hebron. Now, during the war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner had been strengthening his own position in the house of Saul. 
Now Saul had had a concubine named Rizpah, daughter of Ahiah, and Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why did you sleep with my father's concubine? Because to do that is asserting your authority over the husband, over the king, even though he's dead. This is my father's concubine. It's a betrayal of me, he said. Well, Abner is very angry because of what Ishbosheth said, and he answered, Am I a dog's head on Judah's side? This very day, I am loyal to the house of your father Saul and to his family and friends. I haven't handed you over to David. Yet, now you accuse me of an offense involving this woman. And may God deal with Abner, be it ever so severely, if I do not do for David what the Lord promised him on oath and transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and establish David's throne over Israel from Judah to Dan to Beersheba, the whole country. Ishbosheth did not dare to say another word to Abner. He was terrified of him. Abner's a tough character. Ishbosheth is a whiny little boy, 40 years old, but a little boy nonetheless, sniveling and whining. Abner sent messengers on his behalf to say to David, Whose land is it? Make an agreement with me, and I will help you bring all Israel over to you. Abner had coalesced the other tribes under Ishbosheth. Now, to hell with Ishbosheth. I'll deliver all the tribes to you, David. Good, said David. I'll make an agreement with you. But I demand one thing of you. Do not come into my presence unless you bring Michal, daughter of Saul, when you come to see me. Don't come into my presence without my first wife. Saul's daughter, who saved David's neck. As the ninjas were coming through the front window, David was going out the back window. And it was Michal who made the bed look like David was in it. David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, demanding, Give me my wife Michal, whom I betrothed to myself for the price of a hundred Philistine foreskins. Remember, it was actually two hundred that he gave Saul. I want her back. Was he in love with her? Well, apparently not. He had been on the run for ten years. He's king in Hebron for seven. Never, never gave her a second thought. But now that he can coalesce the tribes and become king of the entire nation, he wants her back. It would be a sign of unity among all the people. So Ishbosheth gave orders and had her taken away from her husband, Paltiel, son of Laish. She'd been given to somebody else, you recall. A little fellow named Paltiel. I, I like to think of Paltiel as uh, maybe an accountant or an actuarial 
someone with thick glasses, thin, very kind men, unlike David and his circle. They were, they were tough warriors. He's a kind man. He loved her. She loved him. Ishbosheth gave orders to have her taken away from Paltiel. Imagine, here, here are Paltiel and Michael at home, and they're talking in the living room together, having a glass of wine. It was a nice evening. When all of a sudden they hear horses galloping up out front, men coming up the front walk. <laughs> Open the door! What? Paltiel opened the door. And there are these enormous armed men, men armed to the teeth. Bring your wife out here. She was peeking around the corner. They reached in, they grabbed her and took her. Her husband, however, went with her. So they're taking her, taking her out to the, to the horses. And Paltio is saying, what are you doing? You can't take my wife. And he's weeping. He went with her, weeping behind her, all the way to Baharim. Then Abner said, sick of this little guy following them, weeping. He turned around and said, go home. So he went home. What a terrible thing to do to come take her like that. And it was on David's orders. I think she had long gotten over David. She loved little Paltiel, and he loved her. This will not turn out well, trust me. Abner conferred with the elders of Israel. He said, for some time, you've wanted to make David your king. Now do it. For the Lord promised David by my servant David, I will rescue my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Abner also spoke to, to the Benjamites in person. Then he went to Hebron to tell David everything that Israel and the whole house of Benjamin wanted to do. They're on board, David. When Abner, who had 20 men with him, came to David at Hebron, David prepared a great feast for him and his men. Then Abner said to David, Let me go at once and assemble all Israel for my lord the king, so you may make a compact with them, and they with you, and that you may rule over all that your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and Abner went in peace. Now Abner was Saul's commanding general. Saul and his three sons Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchashua are dead. A weakling has taken the kingship, controlled by Abner, terrified of General Abner. But Abner knows, I can bring all the tribes together and deliver them to David. But what will Abner want in exchange? He was the commanding general of 10 of the tribes. He'll want to be supreme commander. Now, who's David's general? Joab, 
They've been together since the caves of Engedi, since long back. David makes a deal. He's going to promote Abner over Joab. Perhaps replace Joab. Well, just then, David's men and Joab returned from a raid and brought with them a great deal of plunder. But Abner was no longer with David in Hebron because David had sent him away. He was traveling north to round up all the tribes. And he had gone in peace under David's protection. When Joab and all the soldiers with him arrived, he was told that Abner, son of Ner, had come to the king and the king had sent him away under his protection. He'd gone in peace. So Joab went to the king and he said, What have you done? Look, Abner came to you. Why did you let him go? Now he's gone. You know Abner, son of Ner. He came to deceive you and observe your movements and find out everything you're doing. What were you thinking, David? Joab then left David and sent messengers after Abner. They brought him back from the well of Sirah. But David didn't know it. So Joab left David and went after Abner. David didn't know it. Now, when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside into the gateway as though to speak with him privately. And there, to avenge the blood of his brother Ashael, Joab drew his dagger from behind his back and gutted Abner. He died. Later, when David heard about this, he said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May his blood fall upon the head of Joab and upon all his father's house. May Joab's house never be without someone who has a running sore or leprosy or leans on a crutch or falls by the sword or lacks food. Now remember, Joab and his brother Abishai murdered Abner because he had killed their brother Ashael in the battle at Gibeon. And then David said to Joab and all the people with him, tear your clothes, put on sackcloth, and walk in mourning in front of Abner. King David himself walked behind the funeral buyer. They buried Abner in Hebron, and the king wept aloud with great show, and all the people wept too. And David composed and sang this lament for Abner. Should Abner have died as the lawless die? Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. You fell as one who falls before wicked men. And all the people wept over him. And here's Joab, walking along in front in sackcloth and ashes, shamed before all the people. And they all came. They urged David to eat something while it was still day. But David took an oath. May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I taste bread or anything else before the sun sets. David is doing a black fast. 24 hours, no food, no water, no anything. 
And all the people took note, and they were pleased. Indeed, everything the king did pleased them. So on that day, all the people and all Israel knew that the king had no part in the murder of Abner, son of Ner. And the king said to his men, Do you not realize that a prince and a great man has fallen in Israel this day? And today, though I am the anointed king, I am weak. And these sons of Zariah are too strong for me. May the Lord repay the evildoer according to his evil deeds. David is a magnificent warrior. David, as we'll learn, is a profound man of God. But David is also a very shrewd politician and a stone-cold killer. What will happen next? I leave you on a cliffhanger until Friday. Thank you for being with me, folks. Keep me in your prayers as I'll keep you in mind, and I'll see you on Friday. Bye-bye now.